Hey everyone, welcome back to Agile After Dark. In tonight's episode, we have our friend and digital Agile expert, Jessica, a.k.a. Connie, a.k.a. Cats and My Captain, to talk about using Agile and creating digital deliverables. How do we get past the UX design and development gateways and get those people involved with Agile teams? And as usual, we have some drinks and have a few laughs. Hope you enjoy it. Welcome to Agile After Dark, the podcast that addresses Agile topics not talked about in the light of day. I'm your host, Greg Adams-Woodford, sitting here, and with me today sitting over there is my co-host, Brandon Gartley and Resident Nerd. What's up, buddy? Hey, by the way, I've noticed here, I don't see a lot of nerd like background uh, stuff in this podcast. Uh, that's because I give you the general outline so that you don't get distracted oh, about all the nerd stuff. Got it. Because then you got get all it. kind of riled up, yeah, and then like, the do. rants come early. It's true. Yeah, we like to leave them kind of, we try to spread them out, right? So I do, when I see the, the nerd copy, I do get a little, you can't stress the twitch a little bit, a little bit, you know, a little bit. Well, today we have a special guest here with us in the Apollo 13 studios in the heartland. Uh, We've only had one minor situation with the, uh, with uh, uh, Apollo 13, but we fixed it. We think at least we got some duct tape on that. So that should be good. Um, But we do have a special guest for the day. This is Jessica and I'm not going to even try to say your last name because I think it's Italian or or Swedish or something like that. Oh, so if you could oh, just oh 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 Ita- no Sicilian oh Sicilian, Sicilian. This is Sicilian. very okay. very so he's trying to put Scandinavian and Italian together, and that's probably where I mean Sicilian. to be fair. Like I yeah. actually am yeah. Scandinavian, and my husband is Sicilian. <laughs> so it, uh, I knew that's I knew there was a reason fair, I said fair. that. So so what? How do you pronounce your last name, Jessica? Uh, Gustelis, which Gustelis. is not at all the way that it is spelled. Um, and so actually. Uh, and when we do, when we make our reservations, because really, because it's G-U-I-S-T-O-L-I-S-E. So really, like if, if we're making a reservation and we get called up, it's like, party of, <laughs> party of uh, four. And so instead we just so make... So when you're res- at the bar having a yeah. drink, like, I, what? Was, was that, that us? us? I don't, was it? I'm not, that wasn't even a word. So, <laughs> so instead we make our reservations under Morgan as in captain. And then it's just, it's just much, so much easier. easier. Hey, Morgan, party of four. Yeah, yeah. Like oh yeah. Full on captain yep. stance. <laughs> we are here. <laughs> So Jessica, now that we have a little bit of background on your restaurant reservation strategy, um, <laughs> which is important, how did you how did you first um, come across um, you know Agile in in your sort of journey? I always hate saying that word, but in, you know in your and my journey, yeah, in your journey and your Agile journey, where did where were you first introduced to it? When I was a little lad. <laughs> well, you wouldn't be a lad. <laughs> no <laughs> surprise. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, so actually, I ran across Agile in kind of a different way. Um, I started off in actually in recruiting, um, and I was recruiting project managers, and um, that was kind of my specialty was like more kind of project management um, that that side of things from an application development standpoint. And mm-hmm. then um, started to run into Scrum Masters as I was as I was doing some of my recruiting, and I was and just listening to them talk, I was like, "Well, that may." Like that makes sense. That what you're saying makes a lot yeah. of this sense. This whole project management people like they're kind of walky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, and they're just it, just the way that they talked about the way that work gets done, like mm. the 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 like the, the scrum master side of it, and then in, into agile coaching. Like that stuff made way more sense to me than like we're gonna write up this whole long six month nine month thing and cross our fingers. I guess yeah, <laughs> you know. Right. So it just, it just made a lot day, more right? sense to me, and so. Yeah. Um, 
I moved into account management and um, met a bunch of people from a big box retailer. Um, and through networking, I actually ended up working there because um, they were like, oh, you get this stuff. Like, no, like, cool. Cool. Like, we want, like, yeah, we, you, come on board. We'll teach you, you know, what, what you should know. And mm-hmm. um, in general, we, we like your thought process. And so that's how they, how I ended up there. What, what um, disciplines were you working in inside of the company? Were you working in like mobile or digital or what was the... You nailed the two that I was working in. So I started off in mobile um, uh, and then moved into uh, digital.com. Um, for a while, and then I got sucked right back into mobile. Mm. Uh, so what happens when you so. do too good of a job. I, I don't, like, yeah. come back, come back, come back. Yeah. You're a victim of your own success. You need to do my strategy, which is called career growth through incompetence. <laughs> Falling up. It's coming out in a bookstore near you soon. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, we should have that be like a... Like a instructional tour what are those like those motivational speakers yeah 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 and you're kind of like the antithesis to the well motivational you know we have i've had this whole conversation with brandon it's like it's 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 like it's you know my favorite thing to do is you know i work with a bunch of people who give 150 percent, and so that extra 50 percent that they're giving means i got to do 50 percent less so it's like corporate drafting <laughs> i mean it's basic math yeah it's corporate yeah. it's corporate yeah. drafting you know it's like in nascar when they get behind they draft so if you get enough of those 150 percenters i'm i'm comfortable operating around 18 percent for the most part. Really? Once I was I going with like that, four I'm, or five. Yeah. yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. Well, yeah. on a good day. But, yeah. you know, yeah. usually I can handle about 18%. So yeah, that's right. He saves it up for the podcast. There yeah. you go. I do. I yeah. do. Okay. So that's great. So welcome to the studio. What's your first impressions of the studio, by the way? It's very silver. It's very silver. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yes. And the hatch likes to fall down. The hatch yeah. does yeah. like to fall down. And but, really, uh, I think Apollo 13 was like the perfect name of, mm-hmm. for the studio. Totally. I mean, yeah. I mean, basically stuck together with like, what do we have? Do we have some rubber bands? How do yep. we how do we patch yep. this back together? Absolutely. Exactly. And we're probably not going to land on the moon, but we already know that going in. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. we're not, we have our, our the expectations hey. are hey. set right. We'll, st- we'll st- still shoot for the stars. Yeah. So, you, you know, know what? We landed in the heartland. We did land oh. in the heartland, not on the moon. Oh. Yeah. Right. <laughs> this is pretty okay. cool, though. I mean, the setup is really like very impressive. Yeah. It's gotten better over time. It works for us. Um, so let's talk a little about today's episode called Let's Get Digital. Let me hear your agile talk, which. Let's that get stupid digital. song yeah, You can't head. see me, but I'm definitely like... Let's get digital. Digital. I'm, I'm going to yeah. just... Hey, you me. invited me here. I did. I did. <laughs> Brandon does the titles. I just want to make sure everybody knows that. Um, so, um, Brandon, what what, in the, what is this all about? <laughs> what is this about? Well, today, uh, kind of to outline what we're going to be covering... Um, so, we are talking about digital and agile because uh, we have you know Jessica, who's been at a large big box company who's done a lot of changes in a world that's pretty fairly competitive these days and, 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 and really, you know, made a mark there. So kind of talking about a few things. Um, so one thing is the evolution of digital work from being kind of a classic waterfall project to being more agile. Um, and then some of the consistent barriers we're running into with the nature of digital work, uh, digital work has, transformed and, I, and I've worked in that in the past as well I mean the, what it was at the beginning I mean I used to be able to like publish things to the web which tells you <laughs> something um, and then what are some of the new things out there like tools approaches etc uh, that will take agile digital work to the next level like Nitin said let's take it to the next level Greg take it to the next level so uh, so yeah those are the things that we kind of wanted to cover today um, and we'll probably veer off in several different directions because I think it's a really interesting topic because we talk a lot with agile kind of software development. That's kind of like the sweet spot, 
right? Uh, and we've run into a lot of different stuff. But, you know, digital, I think, is kind of a, an interesting space. Well, I think the other thing that's interesting about what you just said is that you get the we're, we're special, we really aren't set up to do Agile, right? And so you get a yep. lot of, whether it's content development, whether it's this, you know, the digital things, um, sometimes data, what, it, you know, you can apply these principles to any sort of work that you're doing. It doesn't really matter. And the graphic design I've done with graphic designers before as well. Um, but should you apply it to any sort of work? I mean, well, I don't, maybe not something like construction where there's, there are limits and. Although and I have a coach that talks about construction all the time. <laughs> but I, but you know, there are sort of gates that you have to go through with construction that I think might lend itself to a more traditional approach. But, but that said, for most of the things that we deal with in the, in the world of digital software, you know, most things that are being done online, some in some capacity, you can apply it right to, 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 to most of those things. So I think that that's an important takeaway because you always get the worst special argument. Yeah. And digital is also really important too, because that's customer facing. Yep. Well, and that also means you can do a lot more because a lot of the time digital is doing UX types of activities and you really get to do agile the way it's meant to because you're getting automatic, you're getting feedback sooner rather than later from the customer. And I think that's really important. As long as you're actually doing agile. I mean, right. that, I mean, that's the important part, right? You feedback from the customer really is important. if you're, if you're not, if you're not actually getting that feedback or garnering that feedback, then, you know. Yeah. And it's also, as we talked about last in last week's podcast, that it's not just getting, like you said, not just getting a feedback. It was a couple how, of weeks ago. But how, how do you... Well, they don't know that. They're, they're this, we, we could be doing this every day. They would never know, right? We don't make any any references to current topics or anything. But what we talked about a couple of weeks ago um, was this idea of how you actually collect that information, how you use it in product development strategies, you know, and that's kind of thing. So you're you're right. You do you can get the feedback, but you can't just you know, if somebody's yelling at you about something that they don't like, you have to understand how to process that information to be, you know, to be what it needs to be. Yeah. So, I mean, I think one of the things that we want to cover is, and I had experience with this, and I think you probably did as well, Jessica, and even Greg, possibly, uh, in his various uh, startups and what have you in the digital space, is it, it digital kind of lent itself to a very waterfall way of approaching things. Okay. So basically I need to build this site. Let's start with that. Okay. So I'm going to like, and then UX came along, which really even put another gateway ahead of design, right? Giant gate. Right. So it's like, okay, now we have this UX stuff. We're going to like pull audiences. We're going to create personas, which we talked about in the last podcast two weeks ago. Um, and you know, okay, we'll figure that whole up from the UX side of the content and how it's organized. And, you know, maybe we'll even try to like have people point at like different, you know, things on the UX. So there's some sort of feedback, Okay, now we get that finalized by six different people. Okay, that's three months, four months, five months. Okay, now we're going to design. Well, how it looks, that's a big thing, and you're going to have to go through several iterations there because, you know, you're going to have four people on the client side, you know, and three of them are like, oh, I like that, and the other one's like, yeah, I don't like that color on that button, right? So then they're going to go back and forth and back and forth, and that's another four to five months, right? And then you finally get into development, and they're like, okay, well, we have the whole design, so we have to now develop all this stuff. And then we'll finally do a little bit of testing, right? And then we'll just put it out on the web. If, if you're lucky enough to have time to do that. Yeah. Right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So it kind of, in a way, based on the work. And, I, and so what I'm, the first part I'm saying is starting from scratch. If we're building a whole new something out there, you know, I'm not saying like the, 
the base site for a company. I'm talking about, okay, we have this whole other product, Greg, that we want to launch and we need not just to be a subsect of the existing website, but this whole new thing that we need to build. Waterfall kind of like makes sense based on that, but Agile also, you get, you know, more of the actual rapid feedback. So I'm kind of curious from your experience, Jessica, like is Waterfall sometimes like better to do for some like project, like the newer stuff or, or is be ridiculous? I, <laughs> he is being a little bit ridiculous right now. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing about Agile though. I mean, like, let's say you do do this Waterfall event you know, and you spend eight, nine, 10, 12 months putting, putting together this new product. Um, and then you finally get it out there. Well, I mean, especially in something like retail, everything moves so fast that by the time you get it out there 12 months later, God, even if you can do it in three months, by the time you get it out there, it's not, it's not necessarily applicable anymore. I mean, think about who we're competing against. Mm-hmm. consistently, especially, I mean, not just especially in retail, but all, across I mean, the board. You can say Amazon. I mean, Amazon yeah, is just I mean, like <laughs> the constant, it's, it's you know. constant. There's new stuff all of the time. I mean, I, I think I got an update yesterday and there's some new stuff that I really am enjoying. Like, yeah, hooray. I know. I know. And it, so you remember when you got like, you can get, now get liquor delivered to you. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> right? this is very interesting. We get a knock on the door. Right? I just ordered something on my phone. <laughs> Excuse me. Watch out for Apollo 13. <laughs> but I mean, you have to compete against that. And so waiting, you know, waiting months and months to get something out. is just, it's not, it's not going to work anymore. I, I can't believe that I'm hearing this, that, that, specifically in this digital space how anybody how anybody would still think that a waterfall approach is what what year is this i mean it's 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 the most applicable to digital than any other thing because but we understand it and also it works with our funding model well the funding model is a whole another pot we gotta right, do right, that yeah, that's yeah, a, yeah. one thing we should probably well, we talk, about. talk about it now too but i mean i think the to your point jessica is you know, I talked about the UX and getting the full parts of approval on that and, the, you know, doing the design and get the full parts of approval on that. You go 12 months out, those people that gave approval, most likely aren't even there anymore. Or they definitely don't remember it. Right. I mean, I've been through, like, quote unquote, UAT sessions where mm-hmm. they're like, wait, what does this do? Mm-hmm. Like, we put this together so long ago that... I don't remember what I asked for. Like, you wrote down all these requirements for, for us and... I honestly don't. And again, I'm not really invested in this project anymore, but. Which is why I don't approve. Ask him in the first place would be my. Also, did I say that button was red or green? Yeah. (laughs) Right. Right. Then you have to go back to the design and say, like, no, this is like literally we have check marks near every single thing on the design. Be like, they approved this and this and this and this and this. Yeah. But I think part of this is, and you can tell me how you feel about it, it's streamlining. So one of the companies worked out, we did this thing called called lightning labs and it was literally you know week-long investment of people's time yeah and they would get 700 people not 700 people but they're like 30 people probably for a week working on this and it was really just prototyping and it was sort of like why you really need three people to to sign off on this why are you inviting 20 people that are never going to sign off or never going to know right it's like i don't know what it is about the digital world that all these that all these you know signing a piece of paper that says, yes, I sign off on this. Like what, what is it? Well, that's a total CYA move. I don't see why people are still doing that. hundred percent. It's entirely CYA and it's because it makes people feel important. I mean, that's the other thing like, Oh yeah, I was totally like, I was responsible for this, for this piece of it. And so in, instead of having it be like a team event or what, I mean, I've had people, um, you know, from a, from a stakeholder standpoint, 
claim claim the the project as their project. Yeah, well, you know, yeah, that we had the same thing when we we sign off on these on these on these releases that we had, and literally from the president, every single VP who had nothing to do with anything, they were like in services. They had to sign this piece of paper to say, yes, we sign off on this, even though they had nothing to do with it. So I asked one day, I said, when I first started, I'm like, what happens to this piece of paper that everybody signed? Oh, I file it over here in a drawer somewhere. I'm like, and nobody ever sees it again? No. So, you know, it's ridiculous. It well, is. But, but if nobody ever sees it, then, you know, maybe you don't need to see why. So you can just forge signatures. Well, maybe. that's why I canceled. I just, that's why I, I did. I just, like, I, I didn't, just... oh no, I just said we're not doing that anymore. <laughs> And they were like, what do you mean? I said, we're not doing that. It's not, it's not needed. Uh, and you're right. I got a little resistance, but it was like, yeah. I checked with finance illegal. They're like, no, nah, we don't need it. Yeah. So I get it with, and I'm actually taking Greg's like curmudgeon like, you know, I'm going to challenge, you know, things today, but I kind of get it with, okay, we already have something out there. We're making updates. I kind of get it. Like we can kind of cut some stuff or we don't have to get constant approvals but what if it really is like a new digital experience how do you know if that digital experience is even viable if you don't test it out test it out on actual people hello yeah i mean i mean really like are you gonna spend x x amount of money x amount of time x amount of um you know just effort in general and people invested in this thing and then you put it out there and it's it's a dud there's like nobody wants to use it well you use x quite a few quite a few times what about ux because UX was that whole practice was built around trying to curb some of those issues. Again, again, I mean, I think it definitely, it, first of all, it moves way too fast mm-hmm. for a UX design to be viable 12 months later. And two, I mean, how many products do we really have right now that are, especially from an enterprise standpoint, that are um, truly user friendly? Yeah. You know what I mean? Think about the user experience that you know that cust- the associates have when they're when they're trying to to sell you something at any kind of retailer. We're talking like POS POS systems, like where they're yeah yeah yeah, like yeah they're yeah, just yeah. trying to ring you out and they're yeah and it's know. completely impossible and um and it's because it's because while while UX is 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 great and I think it's definitely needed. I think it's still a, a relatively new practice. And not every not every product that we put out there right now is as um, inherent. That's oh, okay. that's the word. Okay. It's not as inherent as like Facebook or Instagram. I mean, like somebody has to go in and write training around it, yep. and they have to teach people how to use it, yep. so that so that so that sixteen year old kids or you know twenty one year old kids in college are able to to do their job. Mm-hmm. And so while UX is great, we haven't necessarily gotten our ux practices to a point where we we have we don't have to do all of that well and with the it. design stuff there's a lot of gold plating that happens as opposed to just uh, gold get, plating's a good just yeah. get it out see if it works get the feedback and then go back in for another cycle right yeah, instead yeah. it's like no no we got to design this analysts do the same thing right it's just it's just design's version of oh, doing analysis or, or my favorite thing uh i'm sorry we're gonna have to do a whole new redesign for one like <laughs> tiny piece of functionality like Oh, that needs a redesign. And so then we back and end up all the way back at the beginning with this three months of, you know, just starting all over the process when, when really you could just change a couple of things and see how, see how that goes. Mm-hmm. So that brings me to the question of, is it on the folks that are delivering it where we're kind of running into those issues or is it from the client side where they're kind of wanting to see a full baked concept of what should be out there or is it a mix of both 
I mean, I, w- I would say it's a mix of both. Okay. I'd- it depends on the, I mean, it always comes down to people, right? It depends on the people that you're working with. If the people that you're working with are comfortable with seeing like just a, a kind of a wireframe and here's what we're thinking and mm-hmm. show me, show me the MVP. Um, or if there's people who are, who feel like they need to have ownership over every single tiny piece of it and have to, again, sign off on every single tiny, tiny piece of it. It, it, it really depends on the people that you're working with, I think. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like Greg, who, you know, makes me dot every I and cross every T before yeah. we get on to any show. And then he like reads the script right before we get on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think that's a good, uh, good place for us to, to take a break. But, uh, we have, a uh, we have a new little, uh, thing in our, in our, uh, agile after yeah, dark sponsors. sponsors. We've been looking for sponsors for a long time and, um, we've got some ideas, some of them, you know, based around, you know, some beverages, but, um, this one's a new one. Um, and so we're going to, uh, have a commercial break here and, um, this commercial break or, or transition or whatever you want to call it is brought to you by the word transformation. Oh. Transformation. When you want to do a reorg, but you need to sound positive. I'm your host, Greg Adams Woodford, sitting here and sitting over there with me today is my co-host, Brandon Gartley. <laughs> and Apollo 13 is proving itself to be Apollo 13 and coming apart. Close the hatch. Close the hatch. Close the hatch. All right, let's do that again. <laughs> <laughs> that was fantastic. I know. <laughs> I looked over there to like, see if Sassy was like, she's just chilling over there. And that was sitting there for like a couple of minutes. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking it was an extra drink run. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I want to thank our sponsor, uh, the word transformation again. Uh, now we're back here. Um, you know, what we didn't mention last time, Brandon, was how do we uh, get feedback for, or how do we get feedback from our listeners? So are, we, are we up to 12 or 13 now? It's a, in terms of listeners. Uh, no, I think we're over 20. Seriously? Well, I think Jessica like might have listened to oh, every right. episode. Right. A it's couple a of point. times. Yeah, actually. a couple yeah, of yeah. times. So okay. maybe she doubled up. All right. Well, maybe. So, okay. We'll say 15. <laughs> Yeah. Say 15. Yeah. Um, and she's like coughing because they're, uh, you know, Sass, the <laughs> Agile After Dark cat is here. And well, uh, mellow today for some reason. She's not climbing all over us. And well, she's super they, chill. We didn't give her like cat. That was like our last uh, guest said, oh, give her some catnip. Yeah, I was like, a that's a idea. brilliant freaking idea. Would not be a good idea. So, Brandon, how do people um, give us feedback? So you can go to feedback at agileafterdark.com. Or you can go to I've created a new email address, okay. Greg. Okay. Because the gaw feedback at agileafterdark.com yeah. was where we, we were trying to like send people to do rants. It was like a little too complicated. Like got is it G A E Gate Oh, right, right. Right. So I created a rants yeah, at good. agileafterdark.com. Okay, so that's good. So if you have a rant, specific <laughs> rant, if you have a specific <laughs> Do you have a, are you done? Yeah, I'm working on it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So if you have a specific uh, issue around ranting and want to rant, please uh, go to rants at agileafterdark.com. Yep. And look at previous episodes at agileafterdark.com. Yep. They're all there. Yep. All right. So first of all, let's just, um, Jessica, you okay? Oh, yeah. No. Okay. okay. We are here to remind you with Jessica. Jessica's last name. Let me see if I can try to pronounce it. Morgan. 
Yes. Party uh, of four. Juice You're so close. Okay, okay, so good. that was like, yeah, like juice. Yeah, like, juice Elise. Juice Elise. Hey, I don't want to be associated with that right now. <laughs> juice. juice. So um, we are drinking as usual. We have, I have my. Um, it is Agile After Dark. It is Agile After Dark. I have my drink, which is uh, my typical bourbon drink straight up. Uh, Jessica, what are you having? Uh, Jameson Rock Splash of Water. Yeah. I noticed that you um, relocated your drink to a more suitable container versus the large, <laughs> I did. very large coffee cup that you came in with. So I was like, Whoa. Well, it was a to-go. Okay, it was a to-go. Yeah. Yeah. It was right. a go-cup. Good. Yeah. Good. Where, yeah. Are you, where are you from, by the way, Jessica? I, I, yeah. I, I get a little hint of an accent. In case you can't tell, I'm from Minnesota. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Land at 10,000 lakes. <laughs> and... Uh, some, some real nice casserole. Yeah. The so. Hot dish. Is it hot dish it's, there? Yeah. You know what? It actually is hot dish. I was trying to, you know, kind of dumb it down for you folks here <laughs> in the Heartland. But it is the hot dish. Does hot dish have the, 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 the tater tots on the top? Well, I'm, mine is a tater tot hat dish. Uh, <laughs> I got mine from Pig. Oh. Uh, it's a big hat at every potluck. So. <laughs> yeah, good. sure. Very you good. bet you don't, you know it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. It's like a big okay. in a different you know, part of the country. We've left the heartland. That's my, that's my alter ego. Yeah, yeah, right. Yes. <laughs> What's your name again? Connie. 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 Oh, yeah. Connie. Connie's great with the hat dash. <laughs> we like when when Connie joins us at dinner. Yep. It's really, really fun. Connie I think... usually joins after a couple of drinks. Absolutely. And Brandon, okay. what are you up to? Uh, so I'm doing uh, Doers and Ginger. So Which is very weird. Yeah. When I made your last drink, was it okay? A little heavy on the ginger? Yeah, too much ginger. Okay. Well, and it's like, yeah, doers with a splash of ginger. Well, I know, but that is some people splash. The truth is, the people... reason I have doers is because I mistake that uh, Connie, you know, really loves her Jameson. Jameson? Jameson? Yeah. He's a real, Jameson. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sure. So I thought it was doers, and uh, so I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did you say sorry? Yes. <laughs> Because <laughs> that's my Canadian like. I love it. I absolutely love that. I can't believe you just. I'm so sorry. <laughs> now it's good that we're drinking because Brandon, I think, is going to launch into some research nerd topic. So I'm going to be drinking this whole yes, time. Yes, absolutely. I'll check in in a little bit. So um, in this next section, we kind of want to get into some of the consistent barriers that we're kind of running into with the nature of digital work. We touched on it a little bit in the previous section, and we talked a little bit uh, during the break, but kind of want to get into some of my nerd stuff. You know, mm-hmm. not a crisper this time, Greg. Right. Well, it's a crisper. Although I did learn what a crisper is. Now, yeah, so. yeah. So his wife is very disappointed. He didn't know what a crisper was. But she anyway. Was. He really was. Um, so in terms of kind of the nature of digital and how important it really is, um, McKinsey Research shows that companies have lofty ambitions in this space. Uh, they expect digital initiatives to deliver annual growth and cost effectiveness of 5 to 10% or more in the next three to five years. So as we talked about this being a direct line to the client, uh, the investment there makes sense. But if we're delivering slowly, like we talked about in the last section, and we're you know doing it once every year optimistically, what are we really doing? So I kind of want to get into some of the barriers we're running into in terms of whether it's team uh, kind of compilation how we're approaching it instead of not doing the gateways to the UX design and you know development and deployment. Um, I kind of I put it to to Connie uh, slash Jessica. Oh sure. <laughs> in terms of 
you you face these. We talked about it in the other number. You kind of face some of these obstacles from that traditional way of looking at it in the past. And what were some of your experiences with working in that very important big box company that had to be reactive given the, what the market's doing? Kind of what were some of the changes that you saw happen? And Greg's going to interrupt me because he has to phrase my question another way. No, actually, what I want to do is I'm not even sure I understand what digital means at this point as we've been talking. Like what what. How is digital different from software development versus what, what, what is different about digital? Yeah, I mean, for me, digital is that front facing and, I, and I'll, I'll add on the the kind of the front facing, whether it's mobile, uh, whether it's uh, applications, uh, those sort of things where it's direct consumer consumption of whatever it is that you're trying, whatever product, Greg, mm-hmm. whatever product you're trying to sell. Uh, that is a direct line to your customer, right? And so that's a front-facing line to your customers beyond actually being in the store. And even in the store, there's a lot of digital components to that as well, right? So for me, that is like what we always talk about, what is your customer need? I think the digital space, mobile apps, web, what have you, is like the front line of that. Does that make sense? Well, it does, but if you did, if you... So that does clarify it a little bit, but how is that any different from any software product that you that's web based? That's di- that's digital. I know where you're coming from. You're coming from like your past experiences of like your startup stuff, like the 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 learning for K through twelve. Yeah, literally yeah. that that thing is what uh, well, you're it's delivering. An application is an application, right? What what I'm talking from a. So you know my background in terms of PR and marketing. That's what I was going to say. To me, it sounds more like a marketing it, yes. thing than it is a product. So thing. that's where kind of where. I'm maybe more focused and mostly because kind of the Jessica's experience is more in that in terms of we're trying to get you in our experience of what you're seeing to then purchase a actual okay, so, physical object. So that's what it's more of on the marketing side of things. Yeah. Right? yeah well, that's I mean, what I that's what like, I, like, can you like if you're looking at a product, do you have customer reviews and do you have here's what the other stuff that yeah. they buy with it? Do you have um, accessories or, you know, if you looked at this as a Greg has a lot of accessories. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I don't know what that means. Including but, all um, of the reading glasses that he loses, and yes, that is true. I did. I lost, actually lost one at the bar last night. Yeah, I just let it, really? left him yeah. on the table there at the uh, at the brewery. Also, Danny. So <laughs> Danny does the same thing. Yeah. So anyway, that's why. Did I have you did you leave pairs. Danny at the bar? <laughs> I don't remember. I don't think we should call Danny an accessory. <laughs> 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 well, he's Danny Dojo. Yeah, he is Danny D. Danny D. Danny D. Um, his so team's no, I, already said. I, I do think that makes <laughs> that does make sense as a delineation because because right. even at the well, let's start there because that's kind of like Jessica's background, right? In terms and that me too. Yeah, um, no, I think that makes sense. But that's can, what I thought. I just but we to can get into yeah. kind of whether it is a software as a service. That's a different yes different approach. But I think oh, it, it's. Save that question for when, you know, Jessica schools you and all of the stuff that you don't know. Okay, good. And then good. you can kind of like, you know, okay, give it into it. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jessica, kind of the, 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 the main thing that I'm kind of interested in is your experience with, I think you talked to me in the past about how you came into those gated ways of delivering things that we talked about in the first section to try to transform how well, – transformation – Oh, you by transformation oh. brought to you by uh, <laughs> how you change that approach uh with kind of in that digital space in that big box company it's i mean we've kind of talked about this before about you do like months of research from a from a user experience user design 
you know, architecture type mm-hmm. type work. Yep. Um, work, 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 work. And then it kind of trickles down into, um, you know, all of the approvals that we've talked about and, and then, you know, goes through all of those different stage gates. And what we, um, what we, one of the things that we experimented with that really was truly the most effective was you just put those user experience designers in the team. Yeah. And, and then, and then you're doing it as, as, as you're working on it, the, the user experience designer has a better understanding of what works and what doesn't because you, I mean, they are talk about, I mean, talk about creatives as much as any, Mm -hmm. you know, coder is a creative. These, I mean, they, they want to, they want to do the design of a lifetime, but if they're not talking to the people who are doing the actual development, they be, they might be designing something and getting quote unquote approvals for something that's literally not even possible. Yeah. So, so now we've sold the now we've sold the entire world to folks, and and we're like, wow, that's really pretty, and seems like it would work really well. See, but that that's was not. Was, that's where I was getting because in, yeah, in the you're, past, you're, you're you're no, but adjusting. in the pa- in the past because I think it's two things. I think I think it is typically focused on more of like a, a marketing or adoption kind of a thing. But when we embedded UX on a team, which was really radical, this is ten years ago, okay? And radical man, yeah, team, before post-its, before post-its, when I had my cards. <laughs> um, when we did that, it changed the entire way the team worked, because you had somebody there and they weren't guessing. And I think that's the biggest problem in software development if you don't have a person working on, let's say, the front end or the you know again the user experience, that they're just going to focus on functionality. And they don't really care how it looks or what the experience is like, right? And so right, what they, they do want is, to make it function in a really cool way, right? Because right. they're Which also they super do, creative. Right? Yeah. But if you get a, if you get somebody in UX who can work with developers, that's the key. You know, it's interesting because I'm thinking about we talked about management debt in the past, and we talk about managers that go off in a room and say, "This is the this is what the client needs, and this is what we should deliver from a software standpoint." I wonder if from the UX standpoint it's almost very similar right where they're kind of like oh i know because of i've done this research i have these personas i have all this stuff i have this concept of this is what they need but to your point jessica of the developers and the testers and so the creatives as we talked with nitin on a previous podcast they're creatives they're the problem solvers so let's not take them out of the equation right right Absolutely. I mean, they're the ones, and and honestly, those are those are oftentimes the people who know the product even better than mm-hmm. the people who step in to do, you know, use their experience design who may have been on here. I mean, let's be real honest; those they, they have the opportunity to jump around like none other because they everybody wants to pay them all of the monies, right? Mm-hmm. And so you generally, at least in my experience, you've got it's kind of a rotating, it's a revolving door of people, and then they each have their own ideas. Well, developers like they are they. They've been with this product for you know however long, mm-hmm. and so then oftentimes they actually know the designs and the pattern designs better than the people who are working yeah. who, who are who want to read who want to redesign. Well, I think worse yet, you get into a situation where the UX people come in at the end when they've built all the functionality and they're like, oh no, we got to change this whole thing, and they're like, well, you can't because it that completely destroys the functionality that we need to have the thing work. Right. And so if they come in at the very last minute, which is typical, I think, of how these engagements go then they become the hated group inside of a software business because they're like, oh, those guys are going to come in here and they're going to have us make all of changes at the end. So my question to you, Jessica, is when you're talking about bringing UX people onto the team, kind of how does that dynamic work? What's that kind of team structure within the digital space that you've seen that's been really effective? Uh, the way that I've seen it be really effective is literally they're sitting with 
the we had scrum scrum teams mm-hmm. sitting with the scrum teams and so um as we go through um you know backlog refinement they're they're doing the same thing they're like okay here's the stuff that's upcoming here's the here's where i'm needed and they're they are doing their ux designs literally just before the start of the sprint and then and then and then we do the sprint and they're, and they're right there. They're sitting right there. And mm-hmm. so we can ask questions and we can say, is this a design pattern that makes sense? You know, are there other ways of doing this? And having those consistent conversations that are daily, sometimes hourly, um, are, it has been super helpful. And then you're doing, you know, just enough, just in time. Right. And your design gets out there and is and we can go and talk to people about whether or not this is actually functional. So is... When, when you phrase it that way, I mean, is the UX person that's on that team kind of almost like the product owner? Because I mean, that's what you just described to me is you have someone there that's constantly there to be have that context and have that conversation about are we approaching it this right way? Um, and they're embedded in the team so they understand how it's being done. I've, I've never I'm just I don't know if that's true or not, but like the way that you just described it, I'm like, oh, that's kind of interesting as a as a concept. Well, we when we did it, we we had them sitting there every day. And so when the developers the, the hard thing for us was getting the developers to know at what point they needed to ask what question, right? So the developers had cuz it was a new thing for developers to have this guy sitting there. Uh, his name is Olu. Or, or, or Shout or out to Olu. Yeah. Sorry. Well, we just <laughs> had, we just had, we just, I, we just happened to have a guy named Olu who was awesome. And shout out to Olu. We'll never hear this. Um, Olu. But um, he, but once they figured out, like they, they, they would literally talk to him every day to say, Hey, we're thinking about doing it this way. What do you think? And he'd be like, well, let me look at, let me mock up some things that you guys can do. And then they would mock it up and then the developers would take his mock-ups and then they would go build it. Right. So, so he, he didn't have any product ownership. He was just, he was there as an advisor for the thing that the developers don't really think about. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm not trying to say that the UX person is taking over the product owner position, but I'm, you know, as a product owner that's there, they're like the business voice. Yes. So what I'm saying the UX person is not there necessarily like taking on every story. No, 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 no. Right. Yeah, so yeah, that's yeah. so that's why I'm trying to say it's more like a product owner type role. Yeah, they're they're, 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 they're consulted more than they are. Um, but again, you'd have to make sure the developers know when the right time to ans- ask the question. How much does this UX person intercede? At, at what point? You know, what I mean, there there is a relationship that needs to be built there that's more complex than it sounds um, because they need to learn each other, and they're 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 the same animal basically. Right, and the and the UX person is also partly the voice of the customer too. Yeah. I mean, like, how yeah. is this how is this going to be the most usable? Yep. And can we get to a point where we're not having to train our associates or train our car salesman or trainer or whoever? Um, how to use this thing, and so they they do have part of the voice of the customer, but what they have behind that is also a whole lot of you know like um, usability research and experience mm. in mm. how is this mm-hmm. working right now today in the real world. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we're all in the real mm-hmm. world, but but how is this working today in in all of these different areas, and how can we apply that to this to this specific product? Whereas the product owner is really talking about like what is what what are the priority items that we want to go after from and that's their that's their part of the voice of the customer versus the 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 ux voice of the customer. right and so i guess i'm gonna keep harping on this because i'm on to something i'm telling you <laughs> i'm on to something i'm not gonna let it go hey, you should send it to rants yeah at agile after yeah okay this is, a, this is a brand new rant here we go which is you know 
the scrum master doesn't have parts of their stories. The product owner doesn't have parts of the stories. The team has part of the stories. And I think what a lot of digital teams, and don't scoff at what I'm trying to say, Just <laughs> How dare you sneeze? I said good day. <laughs> good day. <laughs> no, but in terms of, I think when, if you're talking in financial services, HMPS, and you're talking about, okay, I'm going to have a UX person on this team, most people are going to say, okay, what's their stories? What are they doing? What are they working on? Right? What, what is the stuff that they're working on? And if they're, are they dedicated to a team? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Great. So if they're dedicated to a team, but they're not actually taking stories per se, but if they're kind of the constant voice from. Well, they may have, they have their own stories, right? There's things that they're working on their stories well, that's that I'm are asking. outside of. Yeah. So, so for instance, here's that's a, what I'm asking. Yeah. So here's another, here's another example of this. So we would take, we would take our UX person when we would do. We would do um, test groups, focus groups. We'd do buy a feature. He was always at those. Anytime, anytime there was a customer interaction, he would be in those meetings. So he would get that information. A developer would never want to sit through that and do that. that that's right. not what they were doing. But so is that a story? Um, it might turn into a story, right? Depends on what. It, I mean, they're doing work. They're doing tasks. They're huh. building wireframes and they're working on specific parts of the application. They're actually doing real work on the team. It's not like they're. They're just there as a, like I said the word consulting, but it's because they don't have dev tasks, but they have tasks. They, now, a product owner doesn't have tasks, but they have tasks. And they may have, they, and they probably do have stories. Oh, I hate tasks, but anyway. But, it, but it, they probably do have stories. I mean, they should have stories. They should be able to articulate their work. And if they can't, that's a problem. So what I want to have to ask is, are they, if they have stories, are they part of this? Are they working on a story with the dev yeah, team? Most of the time. Or they might have their own like wireframes, for instance. Hey, you know, I just met with these guys. We talked about this. I'm going to build this wireframe to inform what we're going to be doing on the dev side. So that would be a story that they would have. Uh, we pl we played with it a lot of like a lot of different mm -hmm. ways of doing it. I mean, you can do anything from like having a UX spike story, right? So that's where they're doing the research um, and and trying to get some specific questions yeah. answered. Um, we've done it where they have um, you know they have tasks or things that they need to do that that are part of the um, definition of ready. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so in uh, order for, in order for, in order for that's a story to get to ready, you, all of that work has to be done first. Okay. And that actually, that actually makes things go so much smoother so, once and, you get into this. And I was going to bring this up before when you mentioned this again, I've said this before on this podcast, this very podcast, this, this one, finishing software does not mean it's done. That is, that is, that is, there's sales training, there's services training, there's support training, there's all this stuff that goes on that happens after software is done. And Agile only gets to the end of software. And so the UX person typically really helps enable not only building a better product, so there's less, the least amount of training needed, but also when you're creating the training, the people that are creating the training, like from the services or the support organization, they would work with them to make sure that, to explain how it's, what the, the theory is behind it, right? Mm -hmm. So they would also have that part of the... Okay, I'm seeing it. Now where does design fit into all of this? Ah, <laughs> silence! <laughs> silence! Ooh. Uh, well, I don't know what I mean. You're you're making design sound like it's a separate thing from what the team is doing, and I don't think that it is. No, and I think it's important for the team to be part of it. Yeah, but I'm saying design in terms well, of how, the what, this is, this the is actual the 80s, okay? look and feel. Hey, you know, I grew up in you know. The 80s. <laughs> no, but I mean, team you, Craig. You made me yeah. admit that. No, but it's but it's 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 a the design is part of what the team is doing. That's why bringing the UX person on but, is so okay, critical. Okay, all right. When that's, that's Agile like, after dark. Sorry, go ahead. 
That's why having the developers being able to talk to them yeah. at the same time and be like, wow, that's a really cool thing that you just uh, yeah. wanted to go get sign off on. But so that's going to take us seven months to even come close to building exactly that. Like having the conversation of like, super cool. We literally don't have the technology for that at this point. Like, so please right. don't go get sign off on that. Right. So when I'm talking about design, I'm talking about graphic design because I'm talking about digital. And so you're trying to get a design in terms of something else, I think. Is no, that, no, I, I think that you, depending on what, how big the team is. Because here's the thing, it's like, you know, UX and design has started to come closer together and they're almost similar sort of people, but that's not necessarily true for kind of what I was talking about when you were asking marketing of a product that's going to de get delivered. And Jessica's looking at me like, you're crazy. I don't know what you're talking well, about. Well, that's marketing I'm old. product marketing. That's not what we're talking about here. Well, you're still delivering digital work to the customer that's going to have them purchase something, correct? Yeah, but the, but the, I don't know why. I don't, I'm not sure what the design should be done as the product is evolving, right? You shouldn't have a separate design th function. Well, I agree with you, but I'm so what I'm trying to say to you is because yeah, this is good. We're getting into it. <laughs> Agile after dark, getting down into it is we've talked about the UX. I get it. I get exactly what you're saying, you know usability, all this kind of stuff, and we're going to make changes, and they're part of the stories that the developers are working on. But where is the design part where you're actually changing something, how something looks? Yeah, that's what they, they do. The that too. I wouldn't Sorry, argue that's what they a, do. a full redesign. Well, I'm not talking about yeah. a full redesign. I'm just... No, well, but I, I, that's what I'm saying. Past, but that's what the, but that's in the past, yes. Right? But are graphic designers no longer useful anymore? Are they gone? No, part of what the UX person is doing is actually building... Those right now, we we also we had, we also had. Well, okay. So let me think about this for a second because you're making a good point. Exactly. So we we outsource we just that one team that I was talking about that I'm using as an example. We did we outsourced the graphics, the graphic design to it. We outsourced it to an internal group that was graphic designers. Yeah. So we we but they didn't they just did what we told them to do. So they didn't have any. They had within the framework of the thing we asked them to do. They had all the creative, you know, license to do what enough? they want. Yeah, but but they didn't have any kind of directional design for the product. That was UX and the product owner and product manager. They did okay. not design. But we did have to outsource because that is a very. But that's more of like a tasky thing. Okay. We, have that's how we, we, we had design libraries like yeah. the, like like pattern pattern and design. Yeah, libraries. that's so way, you, another company I worked with had that. So will you explain that to me? Because I I don't know if our listeners will understand that. Well, so you, you, I mean, it's, it really is just like if you have like X plus X equals this, then this is the exact design that you'll use for that so that it's consistent across the board. And so it's, it's, it's like a style guide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then what oh. we had is we had a style guide and then we had, we had a graphics library. So all the graphics that were oh, yeah. designed went yep. into a repository and then you'd go, oh, I need an, an, I need an on button. Oh, there it is. I can just grab that. And yeah. like, okay. So you're making updates to things that you're already selling for products, but I'm talking about we're launching something new. Got that. Go, go back. That company go back that to I my, that. my first the first section where I was yeah. like because that makes totally sense and I was like almost for me that's like the easy little chip like we can chip away at that pretty easily because Gavin the UX people make updates to how it's being used in the actual digital space yeah. or whatever it is whatever I'm launching a new project yeah no sorry product great yep. I'm launching a new product yeah and it's a whole new space it's yeah. a whole new way of looking at this is a product whether it's software or whether it's actual things being delivered to your door. Well, remember that product, the product that I'm referencing <coughs> and remember we had Kylie on two yeah. weeks ago. Yeah. That was a brand yeah, new product ago. in a brand new space. Okay. Fr from scratch, right. from idea 
that we did want to do, if you remember. Yes, exactly. Brand brand new. And you guys did a bunch scratch. of UX at the beginning. Well, and you did a bunch of like that's. So... I, I will t- I will say, but that's what we complained about was that that shouldn't have happened that way. Okay. And we remember they had the lightning lab that I described. Yes, well, we, exactly. My, one of my colleagues and I said, Great "This name. is stupid. We should do laser lab." <laughs> Which is like two days, four people. We're doing laser labs. We're not doing yeah. like other laser lasers labs. Yeah. on top of their heads. No, we, we literally had that conversation. Like, this is ridiculous. We walked by and we're like 20 people in the room. We're like, this is ridiculous. This is a waste of time. And, and now it got people invested in the product. And so, you know, you're launching a new product. So it helped in that way. But as far as functionally helping build a product, a waste of time. Total waste of time. Okay. So I would say there is, there is obviously some visualization work that goes up front to say, okay, here's kind of what we're looking at and doing some wireframes just to check kind of what makes sense, doing some testing with the actual users ahead of time. There should not be some gigantic concerted effort at the beginning. It should be that product was a test prep product. Okay, what does a test prep product have? It has to ask questions. The bank has to be randomized. It has to have the answers. It has to have some kind of a scoring methodology. It has to have some kind of game, what we choose to have gaming and you know different kinds of rewards intrinsic reward systems blah 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 so we okay these are the six things that it needs we're just going to go and do those first and then we'll see what happens so greg's talking fast we want to like say like what about that kid that you really helped yeah that was the you know i'm gonna like slow him down here he's got a little teary-eyed <laughs> don't, didn't, don't make me go there <laughs> don't make me go to that place brandon <laughs> but from your experience jessica uh slash captain morgan um <laughs> you know what in terms of the, the work that you did at that big box company, because you're, you're actually trying to sell products that are coming to the door. Did you ever have that? Because you worked in mobile, then digital, and back in mobile. Did you ever have that thing where, like, oh, we have this new product, or was all kind of still from the basic framework of what you guys already had? A lot of it was still basic framework, okay. although I did join a team that was starting to build kind of this new this new interface, basically. Sure. Yeah. Um, and... And the initial, I think the initial part of it, I wasn't part of the initial part of it, but it was really more of like a longer cycle of like, we're going to build this out entirely and we're going to make it as perfect as it can be before mm, we, mm-hmm. before we, and, and part of it, and I mean, to be fair, part of it is about, um, do we make it so that, so that, so that this product is good enough when we release it to, um, that people won't automatically assume that it's broken. Right. Right. That's right. the trick. Yep. <coughs> or that it's completely completely unusable and so I'm gonna go back to using the thing that I'm super comfortable yep. with. Yeah. And so so there is a balance there where you have to say like, okay, we'll you know, we'll we'll work we'll 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 release to a point where it's good enough. Mm-hmm. To an early adopter group who knows what they're yes. getting into. Right? Yeah. So you have to be careful. I mean yeah. you do you have to be careful with how you do it because otherwise like if you have a product and let's say it's product X and it gets out to everyone and everybody's mm-hmm. like you know, this, sorry, can't use it. This product is total crap. Even no matter how many times you iterate on it, if you have that reputation as a product, your, your well, usability is just not going to be there. Well, I, I can give you, I'll tell you a story that is a, a, a massive example of this same problem. Massive. There was, was to, to the tune of $75 million. Okay. Whoops. And three years overdue, over, over, uh, budget, over date time delivery. Um, Sorry about that milestone. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I literally was hired by this company to fix that problem. And the problem was they did exactly what you described. They went in, just sat in the building and built a bunch of stuff, never got any feedback, assumed. And then when they got behind, they started asking questions of the users that were testing in such tricky ways that they mm. didn't really know what they were answering so that they could get, their, get to their date. So, for instance, it was supposed to be web 
it was supposed to be, you know, web ready, right? So you could actually access the, the, the application online from cloud service or whatever. It was cloud service? Wow. That, that you've we dealt started with cloud that stuff? Too. We started oh, that okay. too. Yeah. Um, and we, they, they essentially didn't even have any web functionality. They were using, I can't remember what they were using. They were using some web um, CSS framework. One. They were using some framework to say, oh, well, if you, you have to you have to still deploy the one big server, but now we're using a web protocol to talk to the machines instead of something. It was like a total lie. It was right. a total lie because they had to get their date and they could just say, well, we're using web framework, but it didn't mean anything. So I had to come in and go, you've been lied to for the last two years. Now it's probably going to be another two years until we can get it out. And that was a really, that was a really nice one year of my life getting yelled at by customers. But they went to a small subset, asked them very pointed questions, and they, they, didn't, they did not do the right thing. So that's a good transition into our next section. Uh, I think that we want to talk about when we come back from the break in terms of what are some of the things that have been out there since the stone ages when Greg was working on things to uh, more recent stuff that Jessica has been facing. Um, And, you know, what are some of the things that are out there in terms of getting past this issue of, all right, we need to have a full gated, you know, pathway to getting something out. Obviously that's not effective anymore. Uh, having people on teams in an appropriate way, uh, having, you know, designs that are more kind of testing things out. And I think there's some conversation we can have after the break that really kind of gets into how are things that are there right now that can help us to get there. And then what are some of the things that, Hey, maybe they're not there. And then we think, Hey, let's, let's, let's talk to our friend, uh, Steve Thomas and get him to, to, you know, design some stuff so that, uh, we can get it out there. So, uh, Send your feedback to feedback at agileafterdark.com. I think we've had a, like a full kind of section rant here. So uh, send your, your rant uh, request to rants at agileafterdark.com, and we'll see you after the break. So the funny thing is, she doesn't know this. So I was like, oh, okay, like, so she likes that stuff. So until I got it wrong, I went and bought doers. <laughs> did you really? Yeah, I did. So now I got doers at the club. I was like, oh, I'll probably trick it. Yeah, somebody else. <laughs> because I like to make sure that like when people come here to like do podcasts or whatever, we got their stuff we're covered. Yeah, you know. Let me, yeah, it's been a while since he kind of helped restock the cabinet. Yeah, but he does go and get you drinks. I mean, that's all you true. have to do is. <clears throat> well, that's the first time I've done that. Actually, that was that was pretty smooth. Well, anyway. it's the producer director in me. <laughs> <laughs> that there's that too. That too, yeah. We're back. Hold on a second. <laughs> That's right, we're back. And we're, we're back. back. We're back. <laughs> we're back. I am high vibing that. And we're back. We're back. We'll see you later. <laughs> All right. Um Okay, what is this podcast called? Okay, so <laughs> we're back here at agileafterdark.com. Would you like me to read it more if it's <laughs> it? <laughs> it's 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 we spent like five more minutes giggling okay. about it. And we're back. <laughs> That's one of my favorite sketches of all time. Okay, okay. <laughs> Sorry. We're present. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. We're present. Um, okay, welcome back to Agile After Dark. Our podcast title is... That Brandon wrote, by the way, is let's, let's get, get digital. 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 Let's get digital talk. 
Let me get digital. digital. Let me hear your agile talk. Oh, there you go. Oh, dear. So I think first we wanna, chair. First chair. We want to try to get. Hey, oh, fellow geez. first chair over here. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Of course. Fellow first nerds. Chair. Yeah. More like it. Okay. Sorry, we're the best, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fellow the best. Why, why would you not fellow be first best. chair? Because I wasn't in the band. Yeah. Well, yeah. Sorry how, about how it. How are you first chair in anything else? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Ooh, solid That's, point. Yeah, solid point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. Keep going, Greg. All right. So we are back. <laughs> and um, we talked a little bit about initially about um, some of the. Some of the, the, the methods in which we're using to get feedback directly from our customers in a digital capacity so that we can make better decisions in an, in an incremental way or in a sort of agile way so that we can build better products. I think what we're going to talk about next is what are some of the things we, we, we talked, I think, with, um, with Kylie on the podcast about mm-hmm. how, um, you know, we did a lot of testing where we bring people into uh, our lab where we had the double side a lot of money when a lot, lot of investment lot of money because you got you have to fly them there right it's complicated as a space you have to have the the, the behind the glass yep yep the physical not the space. mary behind the glass but the, no the double the double mirrored glass yep. so they can but they know they're being watched and so they do behave in different ways even though we had very sophisticated eye tracking and head tracking software we it still was intimidating and you don't always get a positive reading from them because they're they're you know they're motivated in a different way well you say intimidating it's basically it's natural uh reaction to the fact of am i answering this question correctly right and when you have phds walking around who are in charge of research and who act like that it it, it can be kind of intimidating well, and if you take people out of their natural environment, they're obvious, they, they are going to shift their behavior a little bit. Yeah. And if you go, like I mentioned before, if you go to the client site and you go and sit like with a lab manager like I had to and just let them, you know, complain about what they're doing, they're really only mad about the last thing that happened that week. They're not giving you a full understanding of what the real problem is. And so you have to have a technique to be able to ask, ask the questions in the right way to get to the root cause of what they're really complaining about or what they're concerned about, right? So I didn't know if we want to take a couple minutes to talk about what are some of the things. You know, we talked about A-B testing. We talked about canary testing. Mm-hmm. We've talked about uh, toggling features. talked about, you know, we should talk about the different audiences you have, whether yeah. you're doing a early adopter group who, who are going to be more patient with software that's not completed versus just turning something on and seeing how it reacts in the wild. So I'm going to actually interrupt you here because we've talked about early adopters a a few times, Greg, and I think both you and Jessica have had some good experience with that. Like for our listeners that are more in the, Oh, I'm like the agile principles and stuff like that. They don't necessarily understand what the whole early adopters thing. Can you kind of elaborate on that? Because I think that's important. Yeah. So we, we identify, well, we did two things. One, this is another flaw in the system. We identified the people who were complaining the most, the customers who were complaining the most. And so we invited them to be on this panel that they could give us feedback, but it was really more to keep them on board. So that's not a good motivation. But how do you identify them? Well, for that group, it was just the customers who were complaining the most. That's not appropriate. Oh, okay. That's not appropriate. Okay, right? I gotcha. Yep. So so what you should do is you should, you should know working typically with a sales organization, pick a customer who is willing to participate in something because it's going to take their time. 
And typically, you actually want them to pay something because if they don't pay, they're typically not invested. And so if they're if they're paying you, you can say this is an early version of our software. We want to make you a part of this program because we feel like you have the capacity and the understanding to to work with something that's not perfect. But don't you incentivize them as well? Like here's a Starbucks like gift card. Yeah, for well, twenty five dollars. Depending on what industry you're in, you have to be careful about stuff like that. But you can say we're going to provide you. X amount of licenses at the end of this period, so that you ha- or whatever it is that you can. You well, can do so it. that's for K through twelve, like the the because you guys had a very specific market. Yeah, but I'm thinking from Jessica's standpoint of those people that are like buying things for big box. Did you guys have kind of like the early adopter, like people that you identified? Yeah, I mean, most of it was about. Um, Kind of going back to the podcast that you guys had before was about data. So who who is it that's actually using this new stuff that we put out, and then seeing how well it's used. And so keeping like kind of keeping things separate. Like here's here's our whole group of users, right? And here's our subset, the people that that start using functionality earlier and earlier. And then let's do like a fifty fifty split and see which which it which works better when we when we send it out to. To those individual people. So the fifty-fifty split. Where did that? Where did that information come from? Um, data. Okay. Yay. So that's where. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so there has to be. So a, it's building on what we yeah. talked about with Kylie, right? Mm-hmm. Like where it's kind of instead of, hey, you person, we know because understandably, from you, Greg and Kylie, you're dealing with educators, administrators, and stuff like that. Oh, we did it at the stock exchange too. So it was, oh, sorry. So, okay. Yeah. So, so we've done it. Enough. I've done it pretty much and that was like an LMS implementation but again we did the same thing we picked the people who were going to have the most capacity and patience to deal with the fact that they're dealing with imperfect software and they're going to find things and then they have to to your point about giving them some kind of a you know incentive. an incentive because then they have to report it to you and they have to right. go into de- conversation and so you've got to figure out a way mostly it's just making them feel special that they get the first thing but it's like 20 to 30 people yeah it's not a big group it's not a big group okay that's, no, that's one way also- to do it I mean, so. there's also there's also just making sure that you have the right state management in place and yep. knowing like where where are people clicking and yep. and how are they clicking and why how are they using it and why are they using it that well, and that's, and that's, and really that's what we talked about Kylie if she built in right all of those all of that data sampling uh, that was the post product. so that's the you know that's the thing I that think is post that's post and so that that's where I'm trying to push us from a director producer standpoint and like this conversation which is Kylie in the last podcast two weeks ago Greg Mm -hmm. uh, talked about how those people that came in they were sitting there and answering the questions of the the 20 plus it was like a fairly big investment like this here's these 20 Mm -hmm. people come in the lightning labs it sounded really cool you pull them out of whatever it is that they're doing doing. we get them there to wherever they are and all that kind of stuff and I'm not saying there's no value to that because I think there is to a certain extent but to say that they're going to be unbiased in terms of how they react to things because you put the three of us in Apollo 13 and we're going to be asked to like click on stuff. We're going to be like, Hey, who, you know, what sort of person's looking outside of Apollo 13 in the green room, looking at us and saying, what are we doing? Are we doing it right? Am I like clicking on the thing I'm supposed to? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and it's not it's not just that. I mean, there's there's literally politics that can play into it. So like right. if if you're talking about like, you know, a big box retailer and your and your customer is a sales associate or, you know, a general manager or, you know, whatever, um, and you you bring, you know, a certain group in which is identified by a specific set of business users, how does that group get picked? And is it 
friends of friends and yeah. is there so, <clears throat> you know what? and that can happen and they you know can what? bring there's a cost to that Absolutely. There's a big cost of that, right, Greg? The mm-hmm. finance commie EVP of mm-hmm. the dick guy mm-hmm. over here <laughs> slash yep. curmudgeon. Although I've been the more of the curmudgeon in this podcast. I know. Don't steal my thunder. Yeah, I know. But uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a big cost to that in yep. terms of we're going to spend the time identifying the people, all this yep. kind of stuff, and then we're going to bring them in. And by the way, when they're giving reactions to things, it may be skewed. Yeah, but yeah, if you don't bring them in, though, if they know they're a part of a test – that's why there's a couple of things. One is there's Oh, I wish I did more nerd research on this in terms of testing. Because because there, because seriously, there's there's the pick a group of people who are angry that you're trying to make happy. There's pick my friends and just do that kind of a thing, which at the last startup I was at, that's what we did there. We just basically had friends of the company and they were all they're all skewed too because they're you know some of them will give real feedback but they well and they all know somebody at quote unquote yeah, corporate right, and then and right. that and they know right. what the opinion of that person is yeah. and then whoever's the most popular in the room sorry but it <laughs> corporate turns in that out case like, was like four people sitting in the office <laughs> most popular but, person um, in the room is first chair people yeah that's right yeah, I mean just saying chair. I'm just saying first but chair. or you can do or you can do what we talked about too is this toggle concept which is that you really just you actually release it without telling anybody yeah to a to a, it could be a geographical or a certain segment and just turn it on let work with it for a couple of days see how it works see and then happens. turn it off right and and just do it that way and so then, that's anonymous and then, you're, and then you're actually dealing with factual information right, right. and like right. what like it's not somebody saying like i really feel like blue is mm-hmm. a better way to go with this like it's actually factual information yep. and you're actually be, being able to to t- talk again back about and there's the probably a the blend customer. of the two things, right? There's the anonymous, just get the feedback, but you you do you probably do want to have a focus group, and a fo- focus group meaning if there's something that you want to focus on, really having an engaged conversation with somebody. There, you, if you do, take it from both angles, I think that's the best approach. But I think what Jessica slash Connie is trying to say is Pearden. Yes, you know, a little little something. Uh, sorry, uh, <laughs> no, but I mean honestly, it is because in the traditional digital way of doing things in the past is yeah those four people that are the in the marketing and uh product people and so forth you have those four people and three of them say yes and one of them says i don't like the color of that button that doesn't mean shit nope it does not mean shit because nope. they're trying we talked about it with uh kylie in the last podcast which is hey you as a person yeah you went to school but you have no idea what being in school is like right right now because i'm trying to be youtube influencer i'm trying to like take care of like my family i'm trying to like do a part-time job well and then how much time do you spend spinning on that right three people talking to one person about whether or not a button should be blue or green or it's the main failure it's the main failure product is is if you if as a product manager you can't manage what what inputs come in and you just sit and talk to yourself in in a like it's the worst it's the worst sin it's got the devil in it, in fact, <laughs> um, to do that because you, you the, the only devil. way you can understand what works you're is to get devil. real people using it, right? And doing it yeah. and putting them in the right context for what you're trying, what kind of information you're trying to get. So I think it's again, it's a mixture of some focus groups bringing some, you know face to face, you know. And by the way, it's not only customers. You have salespeople that you have to think about because they're trying to sell stuff. So you that's have a to, good point. You have to have like this is the product focus where we this is get lost a lot, Greg, and then, you know. And I've said many times, I hate to give him credit. It really drives me mm-hmm. crazy. But I had to give him credit. And mostly because after like Kylie talked in the last podcast, I was like, yeah, someone else is supporting what he's saying. But uh, the truth is... <laughs> he doesn't trust me on my own. As long as somebody validates me. Ever. But I mean, it, the, the concept of 
moving from, and we've talked about the management debt, corporate debt, whatever you want to talk about it of people signing off on things and people saying, this is the direction we need to go. And you guys saying, let's not make it a project. Let's like, you know, and I think, you know, Jessica, where you're, you're dealing with a big box company and you're kind of saying, okay, here's the next project. Well, no, is it, we have multiple products that we're trying to get out there. So like, let's concentrate on the product side of things. And how do we make that the best product it can be? Yes. Yeah. Yep. And I, and that's a recurring theme. And I think towards the end of the year, we're, we're planning on having a kind of recap, if you will, of the agile after dark for the past year. And there's a lot of different subjects that have kind of come up. And, but I think that's going to be a recurring theme, which is moving from, let's look at a project because the project based stuff lends itself to the gateways of things. And that's where the digital side of things are just, they kind of lend themselves to it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the UX, the design, the development, as I kind of said in the first section, and we kind of broke down the second section where I was challenging you guys and you guys like did a great job of punching me back little counter punches, right? Um, Canny punches. Yeah. Canny, (laughs) canny punches. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I, I think that the concept of is there an absolute best way to approach it? I think it depends on the product. Depends on the product and the industry and product uh, industry and the people that you have on, yep. that are doing it. Right. I mean, that but makes let, a big let's difference. stay away from the four people that are making the decisions for everything. Yes. Is that fair? Yeah, because they don't. They don't. Uh, look at my example. There are twelve people. You have all who the. You can, yeah, you can have all of the the profiles and the and the. The people that gets them all teared up, you know, like the, you know, that kind of stuff. Like you can have that, but it's so dynamic and changing now. Okay, right? Well, why would the services VP sign off on a release? They know nothing about what is going in, what happened. and why uh, It's we're because they're very doing. important. But that's what it is. It's because they want to be like, yes. I need to be a part of this. Like you said, take credit for something they shouldn't have any credit for. So, you know, but I think this whole, I still think, again, I think this is, this is a newer approach to things i do think it you know what you said something interesting that i think maybe is a good way to describe the digital thing it's almost like the it's almost like the bridge or the face of the back end to the customer the digital thing is kind of sits in between not in between in a bad way but meaning they're there to help bridge the gap right exactly and they're like and, the front end of the- well let's talk about the large organizations that we tend to deal with you know like we talked to Kylie and we've talked to other people in the past where in the other podcasts where they're kind of like, yeah, you know, we kind of have all this shit that's going on over on this end, like to just like understand from a CI CD, get stuff out to the customers. And then the truth is, is the, the two CDs because of large organizations, they're not willing to put stuff out into production, right? Because they're basically saying we're such a large regulated, whatever companies, Right, that we're not, we'll do a first level CD, but not the other level CD. And the truth is, the digital part is that's the face. Right. That is the face of a company. That's why I was trying to lead us earlier in the conversation to say, what does digital mean? And it really is, again, it's this kind of interface between all the stuff that happens on the back end and the what the customer sees, right? And if right. you don't have that right, then you you're you're not going to go anywhere. You have the greatest functionality in the world. Right. If it's not usable, you have the best database. If you're, if you're that can do every work. single thing that you want to do, and you like have all those connections, and like really really works. And we figured that all that out. But 
when it gets to the customer. If it's not usable. Yeah, and I'm, I'll put my it. finance hat on too. Right. You're just also wasting, you know, what's the, 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 I can't remember, you would remember the, the source for this, but the, you know, 75% of software features are rel, ran, seldom or never used. Mm hmm. Right, so you're just spending money on you're just wasting money on things that, and the only way you can figure out if it's worth doing is to talking to an actual end user. Like again, Microsoft Word is always a great example that people bring up. How many features in Microsoft Word do you, does the average person actually use? No, that's like exactly 10%. right. No, exactly right. And I think I missed the paperclip. <laughs> uh, you're the can, only one in the world. This is canny tacking again. Oh, yeah. uh, yeah. That paperclip was real helpful. What was his name? Clippy or something like that? I don't know, but he just showed up whenever <laughs> I needed him. <laughs> For gosh sake. Hey, Clippy. Oh. Hey, hard. I'm kidding. Oh, wait. There's uh, the paperclip again. I got my help now. In, so in, in software development circles, that is derided as one of the worst things that was ever created, ever. Honey, I need help. Oh, no. The paperclip Clippy's, showed up. Never Clippy's made. here. <laughs> Clippy's here. He's well, got hot dish. He's got... <laughs> oh, he has a spicy recipe. It's got ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh the to kind of encapsulate what we've talked about which is is waterfall still applicable to digital i don't think so no it's a, no it's, it's a it's a waste of time and money yeah and effort right uh, but it's we're talking but, about it well I, but you and i have talked about is but waterfall is waterfall Still applicable in some this, cases. Because like, listen, it's not an anti-waterfall thing. No, but it's what I'm saying is this digital thing is meant to be agile. This, the, the inception of what this is can't be nothing but agile. Like yeah, It doesn't work any other way. Yeah. Well, except that there are companies that are still trying to do that. I mean, Don't like backtalk big, me, Connie. It, pardon you. <laughs> <laughs> but there are still companies who are clinging to that. Or um, if not clinging to it, at least saying like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna go agile and continuing to do those gates and doing doing all of those things while saying like, but we do stand up. I don't know what the true answer is. And you know, Jessica, you've had experience with the big box company that you worked with in terms of translating some of that in terms of we had things that from a product side that we needed to get out. Like, what was that blend? Like we talked about the UX to, to to design to development. So that's actually interesting, which I sorry, I worked I worked with this company for a very long time and so our our designers were actually UX UI. Oh okay. So they were a combination of both. That's okay. That's a very important distinction. Yeah. That's that's so that's, that's, that's my experience too. Well yeah. that's not mine. So that's but I think if you work with marketing PR Yeah, that's different. No, I don't think it's different, but I think there's learnings to have because you're still building a digital presence for what the yeah no that's is. true that's true but i do think again we talked about industry but you know just i think it does we both interrupt we both interrupted kylie so not well, kylie no. so connie connie no but kylie i'm sorry morgan party of four morgan <laughs> <laughs> for four no but but i think the, the point is that it, it does depend on the industry you know and but i but i share your experience i think it works better when you have somebody who guides that whole process yes. through because they may not be doing all the design work. They may outsource some of that, you know, meaning whatever that means. Absolutely. But, yeah. but I think somebody who owns that whole experience or somebody who can, you know, it's like a product manager. They, they don't like do all of the work, but they, they guide it. They shepherd it through. And Correct. Think, and, and then that goes back to like having, having a library or having like having a set set of rules that if you're, if you're working on, 
you know, a product that spans, you know, there's, there's a lot of whole, like there's a lot of teams working on different parts of yeah. like a larger product. And it's for continuity. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Having, having, you know, having some kind of library or some kind of, guidebook basically and then they can just pull from that but then and i hate style guide too but you you do have to have some some framework to to know like framework put a button in the right that's a much better word than you know the other things i could say or just like this is our logo don't mess with that like you can't like you you know yeah or we try to always have the okay button in the right hand corner yeah, at the yeah. bottom because there's if it's used to always going there, there always there always there again i mean that goes back to usability but it's also part of design right all right you guys we have just muddied me. the water sorry we just no no, no, back, no, you, no you convinced me but i think from a technology standpoint the there's some new stuff that's out there we haven't all figured it out we talked to kylie not connie Con- last Con- podcast Kenny, Con- not kaylee yeah kaylee kaylee um, about Sally. Yeah, <laughs> Sally. That there are the canary testing was not there before from a DevOps standpoint. Yeah. Where you can actually say yeah. through the pipeline, we're going to like, from a DevOps, true DevOps standpoint, we're going to like point something out into production for a very small segment. And this is what Netflix is doing. This is what Amazon, yeah, this sorry, is the toggle, big box yeah. people. Concept, yeah. You know, this is what they're basically putting out there. Now, from a DevOps standpoint, some of them are saying like, "Is just a break something," or but I think there's an opportunity for a uh, canary testing for UX. Yeah, yes. you put a sandbox Absolutely. out, and, yes. you, and you just that's how you so it doesn't so it protects everything else, right? Unless you know startups have a much smaller footprint, so they can just turn stuff off. Yeah, and on yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, but the for less, the, the larger enterprise companies, like, wouldn't it be nice to have actual factual information? Yeah. Yeah. Just turn it on, see what happens. Yeah. Turn it off, and be like, ha. Ah, and one right, of the groups in the financial services company I'm working with now, um, in their life insurance product, actually built a sandbox, and they were actually doing that. So, and th- that, they're the only ones that I've ever seen do it, though. And they, but they bypass all the pipelines and stuff like that. They're not. It's, it's separate from that, so you can't. Interesting. You have to like figure all that stuff. Well, out. that's fine. I don't. I'm not going to judge in terms of whether that's the right or wrong way to do it. It's just more of really. Yeah, I may judge a little bit. Well, but, well, but I'm the first chair. <laughs> I mean, I can appreciate that, yeah, but yeah. you know, I have a fellow first chair. When so this is so this is what we're gonna say. We're gonna wrap up. Sorry, we have the, we have the two Dearing. first chairs that are here, and uh, I think that Connie. This is the a hostile work environment. All of a sudden, I think Connie slash Jessica is gonna be like. Uh, it's, we basically decided we're gonna be, do a three person uh, agile after dark group. Is that fair? Yeah, I think so. I mean, Connie's proven herself so far. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Jessica's still, we're still wondering about Jessica, but Connie's oh, invited gosh. back for sure. Oh, really? Oh, gosh. Yeah, I think Connie is definitely in the in the running. Yeah. 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 So, oh, well, uh, I rate then. But I hope uh, everyone's enjoyed kind of this. I feel like I've taken over Greg's role a little bit, the, the curmudgeon, EVP of being a dick. And I thought for this one, I would be, I would have you're, you're less of an opinion about it. You know, well. But I, but. Thank God Jessica and I know what we're talking about, so we kind of set you straight. So that's a good thing. Fair enough. Don and I are right the enough. first chairs of digital <laughs> at this point. <laughs> we're going to have to figure out the chair situation. Yeah, this is going to be a real chair. problem. Yeah, you guys true. have created a hostile work environment for me with your first chair. <laughs> yeah. Well, DuckTales, we're all good. Yeah. So uh, anyway. Um, it rained today. Thanks, everyone. Uh, I think it was a great conversation. A uh, lot to build on from this. Really good building off of the previous podcast. It was two weeks ago. 
Two weeks ago, I think. Two weeks ago. Yeah. I think I got um, that straight now. But uh, uh, send your feedback to feedback at agileafterdark.com or send your rants to rants at agileafterdark.com. Or you could send your recipes to uh, Kenny at agileafterdark.com. Just make sure it's not too spicy. Don't add any ketchup. That's a bit much. <laughs> Brought to you by the word transformation. Transformation. When you want to do a reorg, but you need to sound positive. So much positivity. Thanks, everyone. We'll catch you on the other show in not one week, but two weeks. Two weeks. Bye-bye. Yeah. Edit Harris. Yeah. I didn't even know what you were talking about. Yeah. So Apollo 13. Yeah, yeah. The, the other movie. movie. Yeah. So he's the, he's the guy on the ground. He's like the oh, yeah, yeah, member. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally, so he's totally the one totally that totally goes. He's the one that goes. Everyone's like, "This is what we have on the shuttle." Like dumps out basically. Dumps like, out the whole thing. Duct right? tape and some like <laughs> gum, and it was like, "All right." Uh, the funny thing is, the visual podcast. <laughs> Jessica just like pointed at the stuff around us and like, <laughs> like this. this this stuff that's around us that's what he dumps out and says we need to figure out this problem he did you know do that for that team to enable them to figure it out right yeah. he didn't know he didn't have the answers yeah and so he went from crew cut to like ducktail like yeah cut. yeah yeah ducktails woo what's that See, oh, now I reference a you no, see, no, well because I'm oh. old and it's probably some dude you're like a few years old already ducktails woo see you don't know the DuckTales? Was it a cartoon or yes. something? Yes. I, I think I might have seen it.